Okay, today's daf is Babakama daf mem. We left off yesterday on the bottom of daf lamet tesem and beis in the middle of a somewhat involved discussion. The discussion was about the sheet of Rabbi Yaakov. The brisa had said that if a, an ox of a cheroshot of a cut and gores, Rabbi Yaakov holds you pay chati nezek. So the Gemara tries to figure out what exactly the logic for Rabbi Yaakov's opinion is that you pay chati nezek. Because after all, if it's we're talking about a short tam, then the Gemara had said pshita that you pay chati nezek. If we're talking about a short muad, then you should pay nezek shalim. The truth is, obviously, it's not pshita because it's uh, it's not it's not a regular guy's short time. It's a short time of a cheroshot of a katan. But we dealt with that yesterday in Tosos. But anyway, so there there are three basic approaches to explaining Rabbi Yaakov. We had two of them yesterday. The first one is Rava, who says that Rabbi Yaakov has to hold like a series of different shitos in order to arrive at his opinion. He holds like Rabbi Yehuda that sad tamos bimkomomedes. He holds like Rabbi Yehuda that muad sagil b'shmir pchusa that you you don't. Need as much of a shmira for uh, for a muad, and he holds like the rabbanon that you do appoint an apotropos for the t- for the short ham of a katan in order that they should be able to be gove migufa, in order that they should be able to pay migufo. That is Rava's explanation of why Rabbi Yaakov says you pay chatzinezek because we appoint an apotropos and you pay chatzinezek because the sad tam has been medis and you did en- enough of a shmira to be putter from um, the from the tzad muad shabo, but not enough of a shmira to be putter from the tzad tam shabo. That's Rava's approach. Abayi's approach is totally different. Abayi says that uh, that that we're dealing with uh, the, um, the, that that Abaye and I'm sorry Abaye says that uh, that Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda actually disagree with each other that uh, they, they they disagree um, uh, that that Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yehuda uh, in in the sense that Tzad Thomas Medas but he disagrees with Rabbi Yehuda in the sense that Rabbi Yehuda holds that you appoint an apotropos for a time Ligvos Megufa Rabbi Yaakov says you don't appoint an apotropos for a time to be Govim and therefore, uh, it, it, it has to be a case of a muad in order to pay chatzinezek. If it were a tam, you wouldn't pay chatzinezek because you, would, you wouldn't pay anything. You don't appoint an apotropos to pay for anything. So that's uh, so that's how Abayi understood it. So Amalei Ravach Bar Now with three lines from the bottom. Amalei Ravach Bar Abayi Luravina Bishlam Labayi Damar Pligi Shapir. I understand very well. According to Abayi, that Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda disagree with each other, and Rabbi Yaakov holds that if it were a tam, it would never pay chatzinezek because we don't appoint an apotropos, so I understand very well why you have to say that we're dealing with a muad, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't pay anything. But according to Rava, that says that Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda don't disagree, meaning they both say that if it were a tam, you would pay chatzinezek, you would appoint an apotropos, and the apotropos would be there to pay the chatzinezek migufo. So if that's the case... Why say that Rabbi Yaakov is talking about a muad, and you did a shmirah that would have been enough to exempt you from the muad side of the payment, but not enough to exempt you from the tam side of the payment, but the tam has been commented, so you pay still chatzin nezek of a tam. Just say you're talking about a tam. Instead of talking about a muad, and then doing a whole series of acrobatics in order to bring it back to only chatzin nezek, why don't you say you're talking about a tam, and then just say you pay chatzinezek because your mom and an apotropos, and the apotropos pays chatzinezek for uh, for a tam of a katan. It would have been a much simpler solution. Either Rabbi Yehuda davle shmir pchus of love shmir mula, and if you want to assume like Rabbi Yehuda that uh, that that a tam doesn't that 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 shmir pchusa is not enough for a tam, but it's enough for a muad. So assume you're doing shmir pchusa and and uh, and not a shmir mula. Either Rabbi Lazar Yaakov davle shmir klal, and if you want to assume like Rabbi Lazar Yaakov, you could assume you're not doing any shmir at all. What Rabbi Lazar 
Yaakov say the Tanya of Lozman Yaakov Omer Echatam Vechemod Shemrut Shmir Pchusu Peturin that a Tam and a Mod with any kind of Shmira done would be enough to patri. But over here it's a Tam. You didn't do any sort of Shmira, so you're not going to be patri. You'll pay a Chatzin Ezek. V'Hakom Ashmon Yaakov Demabi Dinah Petrop on the Tam Lugvos Migufo. And the whole Chiddush of Rabbi Yaakov instead of saying Rabbi Yaakov holds like a series of three sheetos of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda and Mamid Dinah Petropos. Just say that Rabbi Yaakov simply that we're talking about a Tam and Rabbi Yaakov simply holds like your mom and an apotropos. That would be the whole Chiddush. You won't have to say he holds like Rabbi Yudat Satam. Because it's not an issue of it's, it's a Tam. It is a Tam. It's not that it's a more that we're giving the din of a Tam. So why don't we just go with the simple way? Why did Rabbi have to come up with all these strange, with all these uh, stretched uh, uh, shitos that Rabbi Yaakov must hold like? Just say it's a Tam. No, but we, by, by establishing Rabbi Yaakov Shita as a muad, he gets to teach us all these other chidushim also. Meaning by, uh, if he, enoch nami, he could have said it was just a tam, but then all it would have taught me was that uh, you're gofa migufo, that your mamma and is to be gofa migufo. But, uh, but now that you say it's a muad, he gets to teach me all these other halachas. Okay, fine. Ravina Amar, third shita. Rishos Meshani Ikebinayu. The machlokas really... Rabbi Yaakov and uh, Rabbi Yudah is whether Rishos Meshana, meaning, what does Rishos Meshana mean? When it changes possession, when it changes hands, does it get a clean slate? If it was a Mu'ad and then it changes hands, does it go back to being a Tam again? If you go into have a Mu'ad, it was a Mu'ad, and then what happens? Meaning it was a Shor V'cherishot V'katan that became a Mu'ad. And then v'nispaka chacherish v'nistafa shota v'higdil akatan. Right, everyone became good. The chacherish all of a sudden could hear and speak. The uh, shota all of a sudden is normal. He's fine. He's totally sane. And the katan gets older. So now Rabbi Yehuda savarei b'cheskaso. Rabbi Yehuda says, "Sorry, it was a muad. It still remains a muad. I don't care that the bailum changed. The shor didn't change. The shor was a shor muad. It's still dangerous." And Rabbi Yaakov savarei shos meshana. Rabbi Yaakov says, "No. When it's under new ownership, under new management, so." So the shor now no longer has the status of a shor muad. It gets a clean slate. It goes back to being a shor tam. That's the third way of understanding what exactly the issue of contention, if there is any issue of contention, between Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Huda. Okay, that's the end of yesterday's sugya. New sugya now. Tan Rabbanon. Apotropos and Mishalmim Na'aliyah, but ve'ein Mishalmim Kofar. The Apotropos, Enochinami, pays Mina'aliyah, right? Once the shor is a shor muad, the Apotropos who's in charge is going to have to pay Mina'aliyah. We discussed yesterday whether whose money gets paid min aliyah, but he certainly pays min aliyah, but he doesn't pay kofar, meaning the shar of the katan goes and, and kills somebody that Petropus isn't going to have to pay kofar. So mantana kufra kapara biyasmi lavmine kapara ninhu who, now, the Gemara makes an assumption and says, wait a second, if the Apotropos doesn't pay Kofer, it must be that Kofer is a form of Kapara. That it's not just a Mamun payment, it's a form of Kapara. If it were a Mamun payment, so just like you pay the Nezek Shalom, you would pay Kofer. Right? The Apotrop- that's the Apotropos' job. But if it's a Kapara, so then it's a Kapara for something that was done wrong. Now, who is the owner that would need the Kapara? It's the child that's the owner that would need a Kapara. But children don't require Kapara. Yasmi lav b'nei Kapara. So who's the shita that holds that kofer is kapara? And that's why the apotropos gets off the hook because Yisomim are not b'nei kapara. Who's the one that holds that? The one that holds that is Rabbi Shmuel B'nosh Rabbi Yochman Broka. How do we know that? Titania with the following b'risa. When it comes to kofer, the Torah says you give pidyon nafsho, a redemption of his soul. Whose soul? Most likely, the main nizik, the soul of the person 
whose soul is lost, right? The one that was killed. So therefore, we see that you pay for the value of the nizik. Rabbi Shlomo says, no, no, the may mazik. The value of his soul, of the mazik soul, of the soul of the one who owns the animal that did the damage. So what are they arguing about? Why would you pay the, da- the value of the nizik? Why would you pay the value of the mazik? Well, the value of the nizik, I would understand very well. That's what you damaged, right? So if it's a mamun payment, you're paying for him. So my lava hakamithli, isn't that exactly the issue? The rabbanon savri kufra mamon, who the rabbanon who say you pay the value of the nizik, hold that kofr is mamon, and since kofr is mamon, that's why you pay the, the, the value of the nizik, because it's a mamun payment for what you for, for what you did, for the damage done. Says no, kofar is a kapara payment, and who needs the kapara? You need the kapara, so you pay your own value, right? It's not. It's not about reimbursing for uh, money lost. It's about getting a kapara for yourself. So you see that Rabbi Shlomo Baruch holds kofar kapara. Now everyone might hold kofar kapara. The rabbanon might also hold kofar kapara. Just because they say you pay the demei nizik doesn't necessarily mean that they hold that it's kofar mamona. What's the machlokas? Rabbanon and Rabbi Shlomo Baruch Hu machlokas as follows. Rabbanon savri b'din nizik shayminan. Rabbi Shlomo Baruch Hu savri b'din mazik it's for sure a kapara payment. It's just a question of whose value you go with. The rabbanon hold you evaluate based on the nizik's worth, and the rabbi shmuel you evaluate based on the mazik's worth. Now, what would be the svara for each side? So the gemara is going to give a source, not a svara, but a source in psukim for each side, a drasha for each side. My time at the rabbanon. So why would the Rabbanon say you pay the value of the nizik if it's not in fact mamon? So nemr shisa lematav and nemr shisa lemaila. The the verb shisa kiyushas is used twice. It's used in terms of kofar payment. It's also used in terms of demei vlados. When the Torah talks about two guys are fighting or an animal that gores and it and and a, hits a pregnant woman and the woman loses her children, she's fine. But lose, loses her children. So and he uses the term yushas. It says kasher uh, yashis of Baal Ha'isha, right? So we relate the two partios to each other. Mala halan bedenizik, afkan bedenizik. Just like over there, the money paid is the value of the nizik, the value of of the babies lost. So to over here, the value paid is the value of the nizik of the guy that was killed. That's the Rabbanon's drasha. Rabbi Shmuel ben Oshel, Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka savar v'nasan pidyon nafshoksiv. That it says v'nasan pidyon nafshok. The the nosein is giving the pidyon of his own nefesh. So you, therefore, you evaluate based on the mazik. You're right. The Rabban will say, yeah, it's true. He's giving a pidyon for his own soul. Nevertheless, what is the dollar value of the pidyon for his soul? It's the dollar value of the nizik's worth. Meaning, it is a pidyon nafshah. The fact that it's not his exact worth doesn't mean it's not a pidyon for his own nefesh. It's a pidyon for his own nefesh. The dollar value that we determine, the pidyon for his own nefesh, though, is not his own dollar value. It's the nizik's dollar value. Fine. Now the Gemara tells the story. Rava um, used to always tell Rav Nachman about this guy Rav Achabar Yaakov that he was such an Adam Gadol. He used to always show off about Rav My friend Rav Achabar Yaakov, you should see him. He's a real Adam Gadol. So Rav Nachman was always interested to meet this Rav Achabar Yaakov. So Rav Nachman said to Rav, next time he comes to your house and you guys are hanging out, I'd like to meet him. You say he's such an Adam Gadol. It would be very nice. He also the 
Shabbos. So when he came to him, so meaning the next time he had come to Rav's house, so Rav brought him over to Rav Nachman. So when Rav Acha Bar Yaakov came to Rav Nachman, Amr he said to him, Buy me milsa. Ask me a kasha. So who said to who? Not so clear. I don't think Rashi tells us. Right? It could go either way. Now probably. It was Rav Nachman asking Rav Achim Yaakov, ask me a kasha, meaning because it used to be the minag that uh, you, if, you, if you met an Adam Gadol, so you'd say, ask me a kasha. They say when Rav Chaim Salvechik used to walk through the streets of Brisk, people would chase after him, frek me a kasha, frek me a kasha. All they want is ask, ask me a kasha. They want to see if they can, if they can answer a kasha from, from, from the great Gadol. Nowadays it would be, Rabbi, can I take a picture with you? No, but uh, but uh, back in the old days when uh, people know how to learn. So anyway, so they asked me a kasha. So, uh, so he said, okay, you want a kasha? So you'd expect, I don't know, what kind of kasha he'd ask him, his latest uh, kasha shaila, or maybe uh, a question on the parsha sashavu. No, he gets right into it. Baba Kama. He says, what if you have a shor shal shnei shutfin? How do you deal with kofer when you have a shor shal shnei shutfin? So, mishalim hai kofer va hai kofer? Would you suggest if, if a shor that's owned by two people kills a person, who pays the kofer? Would you suggest that each one pays kofer, each owner pays the whole kofer? The only problem is the Torah says you pay kofer. It doesn't say you pay two kofers. So maybe you have a better suggestion. Maybe each one pays a half a kofer. They own the shard together. Let them chip in for the kofer. But the Torah says you pay kofer. It doesn't say you pay half kofer. No such thing as paying half kofer. So what do you do? So he, that was his kasha. So the Yasef but while he was sitting there thinking about the kasha, Amrle he said, Tanan, you know, there's another Mishnah. While you're thinking about that, well, let me throw another one at you. Chayavi Erechin Mimashkin When someone is chayiv to pay an erech to uh, the base of Migdash, right, when you say Erechi Alai or Erech Adamzu Alai, so the erech values is in the signed value in the Torah based on gender and age. So it's not it's not the value, the demay, right, it's not Dhammav, it's not the, uh, the, the, the market value of the person. It's the erech value of the person. So when one commits to paying an erech and he has not yet paid the Beis Hamikdash, the Beis Hamikdash is allowed to take a mashkon from him. So if a person is chayav a kabbar chatos or a kabbar nasham and has not yet brought it, the Beis the cannot take on behalf of the Beis Hamikdash a mashkon for the person till he uh, from the person until he pays up his kabbar uh, chatos kabbar nasham payment. We don't do that. We don't take a mashkon from the person to encourage him to to bring his carbon. But you only do it for an erech. What about chayavei kufrin mai? What about someone who's chayav kofer? Will Beisden take a mashkon from the person? Do you, what are the two tzadim? Do we say kivan to kaparuhu kechatos v'asham dami michmar chamri lavev lo mashkune? Do we say that since kofer is there to achieve kapara? So therefore, it's very similar to Chatos Nasham, and since it's similar to Chatos Nasham, it's there to achieve Kapara, the person is likely to take it very seriously. So the one who's high of a Kofar is going to take it very seriously. There's no need to encourage him to pay by taking a Mashkon. He'll pay anyway. He's going to take it very seriously because he, take, he views it so severely. So therefore, there's no, no sense in taking a Mashkon. Or maybe, given the Lechavri Hudubai Misfile, or maybe he'll say, no, when I give an Asham, when I bring a Kabar Chatos, I'm giving that to the that goes to the base of 
Hamikdash. This I'm giving to my friend. I know my friend. I've known him for years. He's a, he's a guy. You know, it can't be that important. So Mamonuhu Vlogvohu Vlochamarale. So it's only Mamon, it's not it's not for the base of Migdash. So he's not going to view it as something that's so severe. And therefore maybe Ubay Mashkune. Maybe therefore we should take a mashkun from him. So which way do you, do we view it? And one more sad to add in. Inami another factor. Maybe since uh, he didn't sin, it was only the money. His 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 animal did it. Okay, maybe I should have watched it better. But, but I didn't do the avera. My animal is the one that killed the guy. So maybe the guy is going to think that it's not so chamer because it's it's not really his sin. He's really paying for his animal sin. So therefore, maybe we do need to take a mashkon for that reason. So that's the shaila. Do we need to take a mashkon? Do we not? Do people view kofar payment as something very serious and very severe? In which case, there's no need to take a mashkon, or do they take it lightly? In which case, there is a need to take a mashkon. Says Gemara Amalei. So that was the second kasha he asked him. First kasha was uh, kofar of shnei shudfin when it's a shoshal shnei shudfin. So then he couldn't, do, while he was thinking about that, when he threw this one at him. So Amalei, he said back, Shavkan, Istagar Bekamai, said, leave me alone already. You asked me the first one, I'm still working on that one. What are you hacking me with the second one? What's the Lashon Istagar? So Rashi says, Istagar means uh, Sagur, right? I'm already closed up. You silenced me already, as if to say, you proved your point, right? They told me you were smart, you proved it. You're smart. You asked me a kasha that, that stumped me, you got me, leave me alone already. You, meaning, apparently, the understanding was he wasn't really interested in finding out the answer, talking and learning. He was interested in proving that, that he was smart, because Rav, uh, Rav would always talk about this guy, that he was so smart. The, uh, if you look in the, the gili, on the side, they quote from the Aruch that, no, the Lashon is... Istanid, not istagid, istanid, meaning chalisi mizos hashe'ela. Kigon istinisani, shehub lashon yavon chola, meaning, he means to say, I'm so sickened by, by the first question that I can't even deal with the second question. What does he mean he's so sickened by the first question? It means that he, he, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't, when you had a kasha, the kasha wasn't just, oh, that's an interesting question. The kasha was, it was something that bothered him, something that he couldn't sleep at night because of that. So he said, you're going to make me an insomniac forever. Stop with the kashas. I'm so sick already from the first question. Yesterday in uh, Yeshiva, in uh, DRS, Rabbi Lachman was visiting Yeshiva, so uh, one of the Rebbeim asked him afterwards, tell me the story with you and Rav Simcha Zissel, the famous story that everyone tells over. So uh, Rav Lachman, I, I had never heard this story, at least not about Rav Lachman. Rav Lachman said that when he was a Bachar, he used to learn B'chavrus with, with Rav Simcha Zissel in Chavr, in the Rashiva. And uh, when he got married, he would continue to learn, he continued to learn with him, night Seder, and uh, then he would walk home. And in those days, uh, Rav Simcha Zissel did not have a telephone in his apartment. He only had a telephone in his office in Yeshiva, and he had cataracts, so he couldn't really walk outside at night without some special contraption that, you know, made light for him or something. So, uh, anyway, they were learning, and Rav Bachman asked for some they were learning Erevin, and he was learning a Taisvis, a very difficult Taisvis in Erevin, and Rav Bachman asked for some Chazisal Akasha and Taisvis based on a Mordechai, and Rav Simchazisal stopped. So Blachman said he felt really good about himself. You know, he got him. But Rav Simchazisal said, I don't know the answer. I, 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 it's, a, it's a kasha. I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. So, okay, fine. We all say, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. So uh, that night, Rav Blachman went home. He walked home, and he took a shower, and he was getting ready to go to sleep. One in the morning, the phone rings. And it's Rav Simchazisal, Rashiva, who doesn't have a phone in his home. So uh, Rashiva, Rashiva calls him up and says, Mendel, I, I have a terrace. I just want to let you know I have a terrace to your kasha. So he said, oh, great. What's the terrace? 
So no, no, we don't need to discuss now. I just figured you couldn't sleep. So I wanted to let you know you can go to sleep. There's a terrace for your kasha. That was the assumption. The assumption was there was a kasha. You can't sleep. Bachman said, now he couldn't sleep because, you know, he was pretty happy before that he stumped him. Now he felt bad that he didn't stump him. But, uh, but also, it's a, it's a Vardin Chesed also, that he, uh, assuming he couldn't sleep, he then left his home at one in the morning with his cataracts and his whole uh, contraption in order to be able to see, to go to his office to call the Talmud because the Talmud couldn't sleep and he wanted to make sure the Talmud could sleep. So it's, it's a word in a lot of things, but an unbelievable story. But anyway, so that's the idea. You're killing me with the first kasha. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't add on more kashas. So a number of, of important points over here that Tosos makes. First of all, shor shal shnei shutfin. So says Tosos, couldn't we have asked a different question? B'shnei shvarim shal shnayim? What if, what if it's two shvarim that both go the same guy at the same time and kill him? Why don't we ask that? Who pays the kofr then? So he says, B'shnei shvarim shal shnayim lo matzilim bayi. That wouldn't have been really much of a shayla. Why? Because that's a different sogya. To the Rabbi Yudim Beseira, the Amar Buhiku, Asar Bnei Adam, it's a question of when ten people hit a guy one after the other, which one is chayiv for killing him? And the guy dies, which one is chayiv for killing him? So Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseira says the last one is chayiv. So whichever shor hit him second is chayiv. And if it's at the same time, kulan peturin mimisa. Right? They're all pata from misa. The kamisa is bailim kach misa sashar. The kivin the peturin mimisa peturin mikofer. Now, if the two shvarim hit simultaneously, since they're both going to be pata from misa, so they're by definition going to be pata from Assuming you hold that if the shor is not chayiv skila, the owner is not going to be chayiv kofer. So that's what we would say over here as well. So that's why that wouldn't even be a shayla. Second important point Tosas makes is in Tosas number two. We said kofer echra merachman of You only pay one kofer, you're never going to have to pay two kofers, right? So that's why we don't say that the two shudfin each pay a kofer. What about Hutzah's Shabbos? Right? What about when it comes to the Malach of Hutzah and Shabbos and two people carry something together outside into Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos? So we say that, uh, um, that they're Chayiv. What does it mean they're Chayiv? Each one is Chayiv of Karben Chatas. Why don't we say Chatas Echaram Rachmana? It was one Melach of Hotzah. Chatas Echaram Rachmana of Lobez Chataos. Over here we say Kofar Echaram Rachmana of Lobez. Why over there is each one Chayev of Carbon Chatas? So it also says, Hasam Kivin the Kalchad Mechayev as Dono Kares Mechayev Nami Ashigoso Chatos. First of all, he says, since each one would be Chayev Kares for doing a Pemezid, so the Chayev Chatos for doing a Peshogig, because uh, the Chatos is, uh, is a substitute for the, for the Kares. But then he says, Vaod, Chatos to the Gavoa, in the Hakbid, Imavi and Shte Chataos. Chatos is going to the Gavoa, it's going to the, it's going to the Beis Amigdash. So what do you care if you bring two? Good. Let Hakadosh Baruch Hu have more. Show more kabbalas Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Avul kofer dil chaveru lomi arviach zeb mashar shalishnayim b'mashar shalishnayim. But when it comes to kofer, it goes to a person. So why should the guy? Uh, why? Why should the, the the children of the of of the guy get double the value? Why should they get two kofer payments? That's that's not that's 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 not equitable. They're supposed to get one kofer payment. So when it goes to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, okay, Hakadosh Baruch Hu deserves everything. When it's going to somebody else, so that's where we're going to say kofer rachum rachum and then finally, the third tosos, also important tosos, kofar shalim om rachmana v'lo chazi kofar. We said you're only chayiv kofar shalim. So says tosos, we don't use this idea of whenever the Torah is mechayiv something to say, but you can't pay half of it anywhere else in Shas. This is very rare that we're going to say no. You need the whole thing, not half. 
Because it's dafka when it comes to something that's an issue of kapara. The mistama kapara shleimotzricha. Minastam, we can assume that when you need kapara, you need a whole kapara. Half a kapara is not going to be good enough. That's why we say kofar echad amrachman v'lo chatsi kofar. Right? Kofar shalim amrachman v'lo chatsi kofar. But avalini natashlumen amr lekamad b'meruba hey bakar vafilu hey chatsai bakar v'se afilu mikzase. The parakels of us know v'damo afilu mikzas damo dekisay adam all over shas. You have whenever you chayiv something, yeah, it's even mikzas. Even if the chayiv would only be partial, you'd be chayiv. V'chatsi matanas tazroa ubuchar afilu mikzas bechar. And he goes takes you on a tour through shas. Right? Chayiv gives another half a dozen cases. He says Tulsa's missed a few, but okay, fine. Tulsa, I don't know if he's trying to be exhaustive over here. He's just trying to show you that it's not so common for us to say that you can only do it if it's shalim, not if it's chatsi. So he says, wait a second. But a tam pays chatsi kofer. So according to Rabbi Yossi, at least so tam pays chatsi kofer. What about that? So don't you need a full kapara? So he says, v'hadam shalim tam chatsi kofer. Rabbi Yossi glili hainu kofer shalim diday. He says, no, that is the tam's kofer shalim is chatsi, just like he would pay chatsi nezik. He pays chatsi kofer. V'chein heimus misha chatsi over chatsi menachonim dasholech the mishalim chatsi kofer liyarshim hainu kofer shalim diday. And you also pay chatsi kofer when the animal kills a chatsi over chatsi menachonim. So I, I thought you never pay chatsi kofer. No, that is its kofer shalim, meaning the full kapara that it requires is chatsi over there. Over here, though, you need kapara shalim, so you can't pay a chatsi kofer because you need a full kapara. But over there, the whole kapara that's required Required is a chatzik kofer, so therefore it's considered a kofer shalem. Now the Marzchayis over here is very beautiful. He says, "Wait a second. Based on this Tosfos, I can answer. I can reject uh, uh, an unusual uh, comment of the Taz. The Taz writes in Hilchos Lulav, Simin Tafresh Mem Tes Siv Gimel in Archaim that if you have an esrog hamurkav, the esrog should be kosher. Because why? We always dash in se afilu We dash in all these drushos that when you require when you require all these." Uh, Payments and all these things. I feel mixas is good enough. So he says, Taz says, I have a drasha to suggest. Even if it's only a partial Priyatsadar, that should be good enough. So Nesrakam Workov should be good enough. Says Maratzchayas, this Tosa shows why the Taz is wrong. Why? Tosa makes a distinction. When do we say I feel and when do you say you need Shalem, you need the whole thing? When it's a Kapara, you need the whole thing. So he says, "Avfima shekasav atosos kan to gabe inyani kapara trichim lekuli alma kapara shleima." Then when it comes to kapara, you need the whole thing. V'lo sagi b'mitzas kapara. A sum of it's not enough. Imkain hachinami b'priyetzadar. So to over here by priyetzadar, harikasva poskim. Why? What is? What's the kapara of priyetzadar? The poskim say the gabe carbon v'gabe lulav kivan the ba'ul lechaper. Right, we say that carbon and lulav comes as a kapara. The dalaminim, the Gemara says in Sukkah, why do we wave it in four directions? Because it comes to be l'ratzos. It comes to Shalakarosh Baruch Hu to, uh, to, to accept our tefillos and to, uh, right, it's, it's, it's like a carbon. That's why it's considered to be ma'us l'gavoa if you steal it, even though it's, uh, it, it may not be shaykh mitzvah babavera because it's balaratzos. It's coming to, to appease Shalakarosh Baruch Hu. And anything that comes as an appeasement, Hakadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want. It's not much of an appeasement if you got it through uh, through 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 less than uh, than than the, than the ideal means. So he says, "Vim kain gam be esrog velul of dal minim shabal l'ratzos trichim hartsa ashlema v'losagi be mikzas priyetzadar." Says that's why the taz is wrong. That's why there's no such svara. 
of miktas priyetzadar because it's a kapara of sorts. And even if it's not a kapara, it's hartsa'a. And it's mustavar that a kapara slash hartsa'a, you're going to need, uh, you're going to need it to be shalem and miktas is not good enough. So that's the, uh, the, the vart of the taz. Uh, one other point at the end, we, we, this, this kasha that he asked him about, uh, shoshal shnei shutfin. So, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the second question that he asked him about, are you mimashkinin for, uh, for kofar? So what's the halacha? What do we do? Are we, meaning he asked him a shayla and we left it, uh, we left it without unanswered. So what's the halacha? So generally speaking, when the Gemara leaves the question unanswered, so what do you do? So generally speaking, if it's dinimamunus issue, hamotzi mechaver lavaraya. So the Rambam over here writes that we are mimashkinin. But wait a second, isn't this dinimamunus? It's an issue of whether I'm taking money from him as a mashkon. So shouldn't we say hamotzi mechaver lavaraya? So Menchaschinuch explains very beautifully. He says no. You only say hamotzi mechaver lavaraya when it's you have a suffix whether the guy owes the money or not. So you say hamotzi mechaver lavaraya. If I want the guy to pay the money, I need to bring a raya that he's chayiv. Over here, the issue is not whether he's chayiv. He's for sure chayiv. The mashko, The question is, should we take a mashkon to sort of force the payment out of him? That's the question. He, but he's definitely chayiv. You're not going to say, We have the raya. We know you're chayiv. You're not going to say, when you know the guy is chayiv and it's only an issue of a mashkon. So then you would resort to the normal din of suffik, suffik daraisa l'chumra. Now, that's an unusual thing to do in din imamunas, to say suffik daraisa l'chumra, because whatever is a chumra for one side is a kula for the other side in din imamunas. But I guess by taking a mashkon, it's understood that the chumra is to give the mashkon. It's not even, it's not even a payment that the guy is going to keep forever. It's just that I'm going to be inconvenienced for a while not having it, and the other one's not going to even get to keep it. He doesn't even get to use it. So it's purely chumra on on the side of the person who owes the money. So that's why the Rambam's comfortable saying chumra over here. Okay, let's go back to the Gemara. Tanurabanan. What if I borrow an animal from you, assuming it's a tam? Right. The the deal is it's unclear what cheskas means. Does it have to be stated, or maybe you have to state when it's a muad? And if it's uh, and, and therefore the the natural assumption is that it's a tam. I didn't have a chance to look around in the rishon too much. But shalu uh, tam. If you if you borrowed it, assuming it's a tam, and then it turns out the animal I borrowed is a muad. So interestingly, you know, we we had Rabbi Huda's shita that I would need a higher level of shmira if it were a tam than if it or a muad, but we're going to assume not that way apparently. So, so what's the halach if it does damage? I thought that I was watching an animal that if it were to do damage, that I was borrowing an animal that if it were to do damage, I pay chatzinazik. Turns out it's an animal that's a muad. So, since I wasn't informed that it's a muad, uh, I, the shawel, am only going to have to pay chatzinazik, and the bailim, the owner of the animal, is also going to pay the other chatzinazik. He pays the chatzin, the, the tzad muad, right? I pay the tzad tamus, which I, which I would have been chayev anyway. Even had I known what you know, even if I was right about what it was, and he pays the other half. That's one halacha. Second halacha. Who are the The Gemara is going to say the Bais is going to say two halachas. Then we're going to spend a good deal of time discussing the first one, and after that we're going to come back to the second one. Who are the Shal Vechziru LeBailim? Bailim Mishal Mechatzinazik Vishal Patrimiklum. If it was Huad Bebeishal, meaning I borrowed the animal, it wasn't a muad when I borrowed it. While it was in my possession, it became a muad. Then I give it back to the bailim. Then I give it back to the owner. So does the uh, the, the, the halacha is the bailim pays chatzinazik and the shol is pater. 
meaning we treat it like a shartam. It goes back to being a shartam. Just because when it was in the shovel's possession, it was a sharmuad, yeah, that's by the shovel. When it goes back to the Bible, it becomes a shartam again. So now let's go to the first halacha. Amramar. Shalom b'cheskes tamanim tzamor. I borrowed it thinking it's tam. Turns out it was more Bailam shalom chatsi nezek v'shol chatsi nezek. So the Bailam pays chatsi nezek and the shol pays chatsi nezek. Frek the Gemara. So the Gemara is going to now have a series of about five uh, different tainas that one guy could say to the other to get off of his half. Right? Most of them are going to be the things that the Shoal could say to try to not have to pay his his chazi. Why does the Shoal have to pay chazi nezek? Can't he say whatever? So can't the Shoal say I borrowed nox, not a lion? Meaning you gave me a very dangerous animal. I didn't know it was a dangerous animal. You gave me a muad. It might as well have given me a lion. I wasn't planning on watching it that carefully. So no, no, you can't say that because the situation is you know that it's a short nagchan, and meaning you just didn't know it was a muad yet, but you know it is gourd, so you knew it had some history. So that's an interesting chiddush that there is such a concept in halacha that when a shor, when a shor is a short nagchan, it's already it's all it already has a an elevated status, uh, even though it's not yet technically a muad. So you know it's dangerous, and therefore you should have required an, an extra level of shmira. So frankly, more vaiters so. Why don't you say the following taina? But let him say, yeah, granted it's a nagchan, but I borrowed what I thought was a short time and therefore didn't have a history, didn't have a chazaka of damage. So I wasn't planning on watching it as much. I didn't borrow muad. So he says, He says, because the, the owner could say back to him, you're right, you, you, you borrowed a short time, and if it were a short time that damaged, what would you have to pay? You'd have to pay chazi nezek. So pay chatzinezek. I'm not asking you to pay the whole thing. I'm not asking you to pay as if it were a muad. Pay the chatzinezek at least. So that's all I'm asking from you. Okay, so says Gemara, but a third taina that he could say. Vinemale, why can he say itam have mishtali megufo? But if it were a short time, I would only pay megufo. I wouldn't be paying minaliyah. When you pay nezek shalim, the nezek shalim comes minaliyah. So where should begin for nezek shalim? I'm paying more than the value of the animal. Why should I have to do that? If it were a tam, like I thought it was, I would only have to pay megufo. Because he would say to him, Anyway, you would have had to return the entire shar back to me. So you can't only pay chatzin. You can't say that I should be limited to paying chatzin nezek megufo because you would have had to pay the entire shar back to me, which is the value of the entire shar. Mm-hmm. So fractosos. But still, paying minaliyah means you're going to have to pay more than the value, even if you're paying if if, if uh, the shar is worth uh, four hundred dollars and you uh, the shar is worth two hundred dollars and it does damage worth a thousand dollars. You're still going to have to pay five hundred dollars, which is worth more than the value of the shar. So why can't he say that? Asks Tosos. So Tosos says, "No, enochinami, the hashinami lo mishalim el b'shaviyoshal shar." We're assuming you never, he's never going to have to pay more than the shaviyos of the shar. He doesn't really pay minaliyah. Interesting chiddush. So it says in Maravaytiv and Namele, why can't he come to him with the following kaina? Let him say to him, "Im tama hava mudina umiftarna." He says, "You know what?" <laughs> if it were a short time, I would have gotten off the hook. I wouldn't have had to pay anything. Don't tell me I would have had to pay Chatzinezek. I wouldn't have had to pay anything. Because Chatzinezek is Knas, and I would have been Moda, and Moda Knas Pater. Before they ever would have brought any evidence against me, I would have been Moda, and I would have gotten off the hook. Says Tosos, this only works according to the Mandiyamar, that Moda Knas Vach Kachba Oedim. I'm sorry, this, 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 
This does not work according to the Mandiyamra that because he couldn't have gotten off the hook by saying I would have been Moda because they still would have had Edim that he's Chayiv, so it doesn't help. So it has to, you have to be assuming that when you're Moda B'Knas, even if Edim subsequently come, you're still going to be, it's still going to Pater you. So that's the Kasha the Gemara is asking. Why can't he just admit and say I'm Pater, right? And, 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 and why couldn't, can't he say, had it been a Tam, I would have admitted and been Pater entirely, so I shouldn't have to pay anything. And even if you say Chatzinazik is Mamon, it's not Kanas, still namely Tamu of Marikna Lagma. He still could have said, you know what? If it were a, if it were a Tam, I would have hid it somewhere. Since Tam only pays me Gufo, I would have hidden it in an Agam, and no one would have ever found it. And since they wouldn't have found it, I wouldn't have had to pay anything, because I would have hidden it, and I, I would have gotten out of paying that way. So in one way or the other, whether you hold Palganiska Mamon or Palganiska Knasa, I would have gotten out of paying, either by being Modabiknas or by hiding it, and the basin never would have found it. So a number of caches over here. First of all, Tulsa says on the second skinny line, What kind of time is this? If it, if, if it were a time, I could have gotten out of paying by being moda, I could have gotten out of paying by, uh, by hiding it. You thought it was a time. You didn't hide it. You, d- you weren't moda. I mean, you didn't do any of those things. So how can you say, I would have if it were a time? You thought it was a time and you didn't do those things. No, he wanted to do those things, but he was immediately told it was a muad right after right after a gourd. So he thought it was a tam at the time that a gourd, but then as soon as a gourd, someone told him it was a muad, so then it was too late to be moda, too late to hide it, right? Because then he knew it was a muad already. So why doesn't the Gemara give that answer? That we know for sure that uh, that he did not know at the shas negicha that that, that that it was a muad, and therefore. Um, and therefore, he doesn't have such a taina because he didn't do it. So since that's very not shchiach, that we're going to have edim about what he did and didn't know right after the negicha, so we have a better answer to go to. That's one fundamental question. Another very fundamental question, is there really such a taina? I could have stolen it. Right? I, could, I could have hidden it in the Agam. What kind of time is that? So Fraktos is Tema. Ma Taina Yizu. I have a Taina. I could have done something terribly illegal. You know, I could I could have hidden it in a Swiss bank account. So what kind of time is that? So Bishlam Rabbi Shmuel Dumer Balchovnin who Nichlik Tzastik Levei Medava. Okay, let's skip down to the to the good part. Says so Tosus at the end. Venir, it's Hems we Gishmak the whole middle of Tosus. We're just running out of time. Last few lines. Venir Li Sharatz Lomer Mitoch Tvar Melu Shisi Osa Hayinizik Mespashri Mi Bedaver Muat. I wouldn't have hidden it forever, you know, but if I would have hidden it for a little bit, I could have uh, negotiated down the settlement. I would have been able to negotiate to pay a little less. It's like, you know, if you, if you don't pay enough credit card bills, so uh, they have all these advertisements on the radio, so when you owe uh, $200,000 to the credit card company, they'll be happy to get $50,000 out of you. So they'll, they'll be, you'll be able to negotiate down the settlement. It doesn't make you a tzaddik, it makes you a Russia, in fact, right, for going out and doing this, but at least he, he's saying, I'm... Not that I would have hidden it and never paid. Chas v'shalom. No, I, I plan on paying. I just, I would have paid a lot less because I would have negotiated down the settlement. I'm not sure how there's really an answer because still, it's still my sericious, isn't it? To be able to, to put it away and, 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 and therefore negotiate down the settlement by hiding an animal that you should have, have no business hiding and that you should be paying from. I don't know. Okay, anyway, so says Gemara, so why can't he make such a taina that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had to pay? Cases Bezdin came and already took it. So he can't say, I would have hidden it, or Bezdin already took it. If Bezdin already took it, 
chatzin nezek. Why should the bailim have to pay chatzin nezek if Bezin already took it? Namely, let the bailim say to the shoel, "At v'se l'tura biyada man biyada You you had my axe taken away by someone I can't bring to it in Dora. You had Bezin take away my axe, so you put me in a very bad position. So I don't want to pay my chatzin nezek. So no, because the shoel could say back, "Mishum da amalei." Yeah, and if I would have given it back to you, you don't think Basin would have taken it from you? I mean, it doesn't make a difference. Basin took it from me, they would have taken it from you too. So, namely, let the, let the Bailam say back to him, No, if you would have given it back to me, I would have hidden it. I would have made sure that they never found it. Basin never would have taken it from me. They wouldn't have found it to take it from me. So, Mishim Damalei could say, Yeah, but you have a Sharmuad. So you, you hide it, you hide a sharp word, it doesn't matter. You're not paying me gufo, you have to pay me an aliyah. So, so, love me, aliyah, mishtal me. So you'd have to sell your stereo system and your whatever, your car, in order to pay it back, because you have to pay me an aliyah. So, good, that's a good taina that the shawl can have back to the bailam when the bailam has other nechassim that he would have had to pay from. But if the bailam doesn't have any other nechassim, then what kind of taina can the shawl have to him? Because the shawl can save the bailam, just like I owe you the animal that I borrowed from you, you owe the animal to the one that the animal damaged. Right, because you owe payments to the one that the animal damaged. So I owe you two hundred dollars, which is the animal's worth. You owe the nizik two hundred dollars. So meet Rabbi Nassim. So we know that I that shibu that you since A owes B and B owes C. AOC, right? So I basically was Meshuba to the, uh, to the Nizik. So Mid Rabbi Nassan, that's Rabbi Nassan's din. The time Rabbi Nassan, 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 Rabbi Rabbi Nassan, Rabbi Nassan, Rabbi so you see, apparently you only say that when there's no other nechassim to, to, to get paid from, because the Gemara only comes on to this when there's no other nechassim. That's the, the, the ha'ara of the Rashba. Rashba has a number of ha'aras over here, but that's one of them. But anyway, you see, so, you, so that's the taina that the, uh, that the shawl can have. Now we'll go to the second halacha that the Bryce recorded. If it was a moor in the Beis Shoel and then became a moor in the Beis Shoel and then you return it, so the, uh, the, the, the Shoel is putter entirely and the owner treats it like a shartan. So says the Gemara, Sefer Rishos Mishana, Rishos Rishos Mishana. Wait a second. According to that, change of, vet, change of ownership gives it a clean slate. But in the ratio, we assume the change of ownership does not give it a, ke- a clean slate. When it, uh, when, when it was a mortar, then you borrow it, it and it gores, it's going to end up, you, the animal's going to pay, the, between you and the shoal and the owner, it's going to pay Nezek Shalim. So it did not give it a clean slate. Three ways to approach it. Number one, it's in the price. That's the easy one. Number two, if the ratio is a case of Mishana, the safe is also assuming Rishasayna Mishana. I, why then does it only pay Chati Nezek? The Bailam can tell the Shoal, you are not authorized to make my Shar a Shar Muad, and therefore it doesn't become a Muad in your possession. Rav Papa, Rav Papa says the third approach, if the Sefer assumes Rishos Mishana, the Rishos must also assume Rishos Mishana. For and the reason in the Rishos, even though it's Rishos Mishana, the reason uh, we assume that you pay you pay Nezek Shalim is because there was no real Shino Rishos. When I lend it out, it's still my Shar, and therefore it, it's, uh, it doesn't it didn't change from my Rishos, and therefore it's still going to pay Nezek Shalim. Okay.